2: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com recommend today. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant. Steve Keeker. Hello and
3: welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your senior care consultant, and I really appreciate you being here. We have an excellent program for you here today. In studio, I have special guest Patty Poor. She is Kansas City Hospice Director of Clinical Services, and Kristen Dow, Kansas City Hospice Chaplain and the Chair of We Honor Veterans Committee. And Patty and Kristen, welcome to Senior Care
1: Live. Thank you. Thank you.
3: All right. So, Patty, as you well know, November is National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. So can you start off by talking about the significance of this month, please?
1: Sure. November is a time each year that hospice providers throughout the country join together to raise awareness about the many options available for people in our community who are dealing with serious or life-limiting illness. The National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization reports that nearly 1.6 million people living with a life-limiting illness in the U.S. receive hospice and palliative care each year. It's part of our role as a provider to educate the community about the many benefits of hospice and palliative care and the range of options that are available.
3: Okay, so for people who are new to understanding hospice and palliative care, what's the first thing that you'd want them to know?
1: Well, the goal of both hospice and palliative care is to maximize people's quality of life. We do this by managing pain and addressing physical symptoms of serious and life-threatening illness in order to ensure comfort. We also take a whole person approach that addresses the patient's emotional and spiritual needs and provides services to the patient's family, including through the grief process. Choice in care is also a focus of hospice we work with each person to make sure they are able to choose how they want to live.
3: Okay, and can you describe in more detail what palliative care is? I think a lot of folks interchange the two terms, but, but they're different.
1: Right, right. Yes, um, palliative care is also referred to as supportive care or comfort care. The purpose of palliative care is to manage uncomfortable symptoms related to a serious disease or its treatment, such as pain or shortness of breath. The primary goal of palliative care is to optimize quality of life for people coping with serious health challenges. Palliative care as a service is offered alongside curative or other treatments a person may be receiving.
3: Okay, and who can benefit from palliative care and when would a person be eligible for palliative care?
1: Okay, any child or adult who has a serious or life-threatening illness can benefit from palliative care. There's no defined eligibility for in, for anyone who, so anyone who can participate so it can be started anytime even right after diagnosis. At Kansas City Hospice, we work with each of our patients to define their goals of care and help them access what's most appropriate to their needs. Some people might be referred to us right after diagnosis who aren't experiencing significant symptoms but might need support as they learn to manage their illness and address symptoms which might be starting to interfere with their quality of life. And some people might need more intensive support to manage symptoms of their illness, such as pain, but aren't yet ready for hospice.
3: Okay, and I do not want to gloss over, you know, when you think of hospice or palliative care, I I think most people think that is actually for someone who is older in their 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s. But you mentioned a, a This is uh, appropriate, uh, unfortunately, sometimes for, for children.
1: Right, it is, yes. We have a carousel program that focuses just on the pediatric patients.
3: Yep. So this, these services are available to all people of all ages. It just depends on your situation. And Patty, if I understand you right, palliative care is tailored to each patient's individual needs. So it can look a little different for each patient. Uh, uh, is, that, is that correct? Would you say yes, that's accurate? Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. A palliative care plan might include one or more of the following goals. So symptom management, such as pain or shortness of breath easing treatment side effects such as fatigue or nausea, finding strategies to adapt to physical and life changes that accompany serious illness, or coping with feelings of depression, anxiety, or even grief, also identifying and accessing resources to support patients throughout their illness, and helping to make decisions that align with each patient's values and goals. Okay, and what is
3: hospice care? And how does that differ from palliative care?
1: Okay. The simplest way to think about hospice is care when the focus shifts from curative treatment to ensuring comfort and quality of life. Generally, this end-of-life care is meant for people whose life expectancy is six months or less. But hospice care can be provided for as long as the person's doctor and hospice care team certify that the condition remains life-limiting. When a cure might not be possible, hospice helps people live each day to its fullest. It helps families spend time with each other and makes memories with their loved ones. Our goal is always to alleviate pain and other symptoms that cause discomfort, such as nausea or shortness of breath. And while the primary focus of hospice care is on the person who is ill, care is provided to their loved ones as well. And this care can include psychological or spiritual support, and can also include respite care for family caregivers which allows them to look after their own needs as well. It also relieves strain and stress from loved ones so they can spend time being a family member and not just the caregiver. It treats the whole person in addition to addressing physical needs through medical care it provides emotional emotional and spiritual care. Physicians can help decide whether patients needs are best met through home health care palliative care, or hospice care.
3: Okay, and I love the part where you talked about, you know, relieving that strain and the stress from the loved ones so that they can just be the family member, the spouse, the the adult child, the grandchild, uh, et, cetera, et cetera, versus just the caregiver I, uh, that's just huge and that's a huge gift uh, right there in and of itself so uh, would it be accurate to say that hospice care is actually a form of palliative care maybe just more defined to address a certain period uh, in a in a person's life
1: yes exactly hospice care is also palliative care meaning its purpose is to help manage uncomfortable symptoms and optimize quality of life just like palliative care is Because the term palliative care hasn't really been officially defined, it can have different meanings from one provider to the next. Hospice, on the other hand, is always going to have certain offerings which are included because Medicare guidelines mandate it. There are definite differences between hospice providers, but overall, they all must meet those minimum guidelines.
3: Okay, excellent, excellent. And Kristen, uh, can you share a little bit about yourself and your role at Kansas City Hospice?
0: Sure, Steve. Um, so I have been in healthcare care chaplaincy for about 25 years, but I've only had the privilege of working at Kansas City Hospice for the last four. Um, and my role there is, as Patty mentioned, um, to attend to the spiritual needs of Certainly, primarily our patients, but also their their family, their loved ones, and caregivers, and, and then also to help support our staff because what we do is is difficult um, and does require um, that we pay attention to our own needs as well.
3: Okay, all right, I appreciate that. And uh, could you share with the listeners a little bit about the state of veterans uh, affairs in uh, in the country today?
0: Right. So most of us are aware that um, the military was formed in 1775 during the American Revolution. And if you add it up from that time, 41 million Americans have served uh, in the armed forces. 16 million of those were in World War II alone. Um, Since 1973, service members um, have served primarily as an all-volunteer force. And women are a growing share of veterans. 9% of the veterans that uh, are serving uh, or that have served are women or um, that works out to about 1.7 million people. Um, Fewer than 50,000 World War II veterans are alive today. That is down from 5.7 million in 2000.
3: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Um, I'll just add that the largest group of veterans alive today served during the Vietnam era. Um, That is 6.4 million. Um, followed by veterans who served during peacetime, which is about 4 million people. Now, of course, given these numbers and the changing state of veterans, it's easy to understand why we at Kansas City Hospice are so passionate about ensuring care for veterans who are facing a serious illness or are near the end of their lives.
3: All right, that is excellent and Kristen, and I have a lot more questions for you uh, coming up after the break. But if you're if you're one of our listeners and you're like, you know what, I need to reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, find out about the services available. You know, you could very well benefit from palliative care right now or maybe even hospice care and 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 not even not even realize that you qualify for these two valuable services. I would reach out to KC Hospice today at 816 3632600 or you could always check out their website it is a phenomenal website and that's at kchospice.org now the senior care live question of the week what types of services does hospice care provide a pain and symptom management b emotional and spiritual support c grief support for family members d caregiver respite or e all of the above What's your guess?
2: You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to seniorcarelive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. What types of services does hospice care provide? And here are your options A, pain and symptom management, B, emotional and spiritual support, C, grief support for family members. D, caregiver respite, or E, all of the above. And the answer is... E all of the above and I am speaking in studio with special guests Patty Poor and Kristen Dow with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care and uh, Kristen before the break we were we were visiting a little bit and then on our break uh, uh, we were we were talking about some of your new roles I guess you took on a new role in 2022 tell us a little bit about that
0: Yeah, it's been my privilege to take over the chair of the Kansas City Hospice Veteran Services Committee. Um, I've been a member of that committee for a couple of years now. And when the uh, previous chair was ready to step down, uh, it gave me the opportunity to uh, assume leadership there. And it's just been a real privilege. Uh, We have a very devoted group of staff. Um, who are incredibly committed to making sure that our veterans are well served. and and uh, it's just a real joy to be able to participate with them.
3: Okay. And why is that role important to you and um, uh, and and when you're working with veterans and just heading up that committee?
0: Well, I think it's just really important that we continue to highlight the needs of veterans. Um, of course, uh, our mission uh, limits us to that sort of aspect of their lives that deals with their uh, perhaps need for comfort care uh, or end-of-life care. Um, but we take that pretty seriously. And it's uh, definitely something that we feel proud of, uh, making sure that we uh, honor those veterans when it's, when, it's there, when it's the right time to do that.
3: Okay. All right. Excellent. And what are some of the characteristics or even challenges that you see veterans uh, facing today?
0: Well, Steve, 10 million uh, veterans are at age 65 or older. So definitely the demographic um, is one that falls into the um, category of your listeners. Um, Many of them face chronic health conditions, comorbidities and other health needs. Many veterans have faced challenges as well of unemployment, homelessness, PTSD and other mental health needs. It's critical to understand their circumstances and their needs, ensure access to health care for this vulnerable population, and provide trauma-informed care that includes the whole person, um, and that includes support for mental, emotional, and spiritual needs.
3: Okay, and how does Kansas City Hospice address these specific needs of veterans at the end of life?
0: So Kansas City Hospice is one of the most active hospices in the state for honoring and providing care to veterans. Annually, Kansas City Hospice cares for more than 500 veterans, giving them specialized care and honoring them for their service. We ensure that veterans receiving end-of-life care are honored in a meaningful way and in some cases receive relief from the trauma that they have experienced while serving our country. Hospice services extend to family members and are often a critical component in someone's ability to open up and to reflect with their loved ones about their experiences as a service member. This is a big one. We ensure that no veteran dies alone.
3: That is huge. Yeah.
0: Um, Kansas City Hospice has a team of amazing chaplains who, with the support of the patient's whole care team, uh, lead veteran recognition ceremonies. Uh, We connect veterans with their benefits, uh, talking about specific veterans that are available to them. Um, And Kansas City Hospice has proudly participated in the national We Honor Veterans program since 2013. And we're really proud of this. In 2021, we achieved the We Honor Veterans Level 4 partnership.
3: Okay, so tell us more about that program.
0: Right. Um, The We Honor Veterans recognition is given by the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, to organizations dedicated to ensuring that veterans have access to quality end-of-life care. This initiative was created by the Veterans Administration and the NHPCO to improve quality of care for veterans at the end of their lives. The distinct Level 4 honor, which we have, uh, acknowledges not only the level of care and recognition given to veterans, but also the role that Kansas City Hospice plays as a community leader in educating other community, health care, and veteran organizations about providing services to veterans. Being a We Honor Veterans partner means that Kansas City Hospice has committed to providing staff training and patient care specific to the unique emotional, social, and medical needs of our veteran population.
3: That is awesome. And, and I mean, I know Kansas City Hospice, hands down, you may not say it, it's, it's the best hospice and palliative care uh, provider in our region, bar none, in my opinion. I did not understand that you had different levels, right? And, and level four, it sounds like it's a really big deal. That's That's quite an honor.
0: Well, thank you. Um, we are honored to be a part of the program, um, and we work really hard um, to make sure that we can um, meet the the, the um, requirements that are set forth by the We Honor Veterans uh, National Organization. Um, and just keep up that standard of care.
3: Okay. And I think you may have a story of a veteran that you've served that you'd like to share with us.
0: Well, I have to tell you, Steve, this is my favorite part of my job. (laughs) Um, When I am called in to provide that recognition for a veteran, um, you know, very often what that looks like looks like is, we, you know, we gather um, in their home or if they're in a care facility um, there um, and whoever is important to them gets to be there and gets to surround them at that time. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular. You know, I mentioned a few minutes ago that we only have 50,000 World War II veterans remaining. Yeah, so that's when, not too many. Right. So it is such a privilege when we get to meet one of them. Um, I had uh, one of those World War II veterans that was assigned to me, um, and I was almost instantly in love with him. He was just so amazing. Yeah. At 100 years old, he had a very keen memory. Um, he had served our country um, first in the Second World War and then gone on to serve as a career um, soldier in the United States Army uh, working doing uh, logistics work mm-hmm. on many of the nuclear testing sites uh, around the world in the 50s 60s and 70s so this man had given a great deal to our, our country and um, you know he would often thank me for um, spending the time that I did listening to him tell the stories of his life in the service but I have to tell you it was really me who benefited um, I just had such a uh, I just felt like it was such a gift um, to be able to hear those stories from him and then of course there was that day um, when I gathered in his home with his family and presented him with a certificate and a medallion. Um, we have wonderful volunteers who make uh, quilts for our veterans um, and just honor him and make sure that he knew that, um, in fact, his country is very grateful for what he did for us.
3: That is amazing. That's just fantastic. And uh... And I just, I, I love, sto- I could listen to stories like that all day long, <laughs> right? And, uh, uh, and and I love uh, at a, I don't like funerals, but at a military funeral when they, they fold the flag and mm-hmm. present that uh, to the spouse or to the family, uh, that that reduces me to tears every single time. I mean, it's just so powerful. So, uh, uh, Patty, if people have questions about hospice and palliative care, or maybe they're in need of a consultation to determine what might be best for them or maybe a loved one, where, where can they go?
1: Our website is a great place to start for some initial information. We have a really good Frequently Asked Questions section for each of the different types of care that we offer at kchospice.org. And our knowledgeable staff are available 24 hours a day to talk with you. Um, You can call at 816-363-2600. All
3: right, that's 816-363-2600. And uh, I think I'll throw your website out there as well, kchospice.org. Check out Hospice Services, palliative of Care Services. It is a phenomenal organization, and uh, and I would definitely not hesitate to call them. And just check out and see if, uh, if this is something that can benefit you or your family. And uh, Patty and Kristen, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, you, Steve. All right, we'll have more coming up next.
2: You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit seniorcarelive.com. Stick around, we'll have more with Steve coming up next.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I want to shift gears. And, you know, we're, we're approaching Veterans Day, and that, that's coming right up. And so I wanted to talk about a little-known benefit for veterans and the surviving spouses of veterans. And this benefit, this thing is big time. This could make such a huge, huge difference. I'll, I'll give you an example a little bit later on of the difference that this benefit could make. And unfortunately, I think that the majority of veterans and their surviving spouses are not aware of this benefit and i'm not sure why that is i know that it's just it's not really broadcast or advertised or promoted very well out in the general public so that's why i very frequently discuss this benefit on the program and now a much much louder voice because now my program senior care live is broadcast nationally it's nationally syndicated so I am more than happy to talk about this and then and I'll keep talking about it. <laughs> and uh, I was hoping to have my friend uh, Ron Cherry. Uh, he's the associate director of National Veteran Services with the VFW here in downtown Kansas City. And it, that is the National headquarters of the vfw just happens to be here in kansas city and he was not available unfortunately but i'll tell you what i'll uh, i'll make a promise and i'll have ron back on the show uh, here in the near future and we'll talk about this and some other uh, uh, great work that the vfw is doing uh, in kansas city and on a national uh, basis so uh, again we'll we'll have ron in here sometime fairly soon to catch up with our friend mr ron cherry So you're stuck with me. (laughs) And so uh, I want to talk about this benefit. It's called the VA Aid and Attendance Benefit. And it's a financial benefit for veterans and their spouses, their surviving spouses, that will help pay for the high cost of senior care. And it'll pay for home care assisted living, long-term care, and, and there there are a few hoops that you have to jump through to get qualified here, and I'm going to break this all down uh, for you. So how do you qualify for the benefit? Well, we have a service requirement, we have a financial requirement, and then we have care-related requirements that you must meet to receive the benefit. So let's go ahead and break this down. So obviously... There's a service-related requirement, and here's how it goes. At least 90 consecutive days of active duty. And anyone that I know who served in the military, uh, they served at least 90 days, usually two, uh, two years at a minimum, typically four years or longer. So anyway, at least 90 consecutive days of active duty. At least one of those days served during a period of war. So here, this, these are some critical dates. And if you're driving or you miss this or you can't take it all down, go back to the podcast. Okay, usually the Monday after the broadcast, Tuesday at the latest, I'll have the podcast up at SeniorCareLive.com. And you could just go back and listen to the podcast and take some notes. Or you can give me a call. Right, and I'll I'll help you out here with this. All right. So at least ninety consecutive days of active duty, at least one of those days during a period of war. So here we go. World War II. That's December seventh, nineteen forty one, all the way through December thirty first, nineteen forty six. Okay, so that's for our World War II veterans. So if you served, if your first day of active duty was December 31, 1946, at least one day, that's it, that's all, that's it. And and you served at least 90 days or longer. All right. The next one, the Korean War, or the Korean conflict, some folks call it. D- June the 27th, 1950, through January 31, 1955. And so I'll say that... Th- the majority of my clients with senior care consulting either served in World War II or the Korean War. And then if you served in the Vietnam War, those dates for everyone, August the 5th, 1964, all the way through May the 7th of 1975. Now there is an asterisk all right, so the reason that I say that all veterans, through that time frame, you could have been stateside in a logistics or a support role, or you could have been stationed somewhere and not actually in combat, okay? So that's, that's, that goes for all of these, all of these uh, date ranges here. But there is one exception. Boots on the ground in the Vietnam War. That would go back to February 28th, 1961, all the way through May 7th, 1975. If you did not have boots on the ground in the Vietnam War, then your time frame, that period starts August 5th, 1964. And again, both of them go all the way through May 7th, 1975. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay, and then... As far as your discharge, I know that there are a lot of different types of discharge. Most of them are honorably discharged. I will just say not dishonorably discharged. I mean, you have medical discharges and other discharges, okay? So not dishonorably discharged. So those are the service-related requirements. And then we have financial-related requirements, so this is a slightly modeled after Medicaid qualification. So you have exempt assets and countable assets. So your exempt assets off the table, that would include your house, your vehicles, and the stuff in your house. Okay, what they're looking at would be, that would be your liquid assets. So you can have in 2022, a maximum of 138000 Four hundred eighty-nine dollars or less. Well, Steve, what if I have one hundred fifty thousand or two hundred thousand? Okay, well that's fine. You would just spend your assets down, and then once you hit one hundred thirty-eight thousand four hundred eighty-nine dollars or less, then that is one of the qualifications. And then here's how the income calculation goes. They don't want to know your income. Well, Steve, I have Social Security and I have you know a retirement, and a pension, and et cetera, et cetera, and that is you know X dollars a month. That's not what they want. Okay, they want to know your income. So that number, your actual income, minus your unreimbursed medical expenses, and if that number is zero or less, then you would qualify for the maximum reimbursement. I'm going to get to the reimbursement here in a little bit, so you want to hang on. It's definitely worth it. It's a lot of money. Okay, so say your your monthly income is $2,500. So if your unreimbursed medical expenses are $2,500 or more, Okay, that's, that's, going to be, that's going to hit that, that zero or in the negative number, and that's going to trigger that maximum reimbursement. So what are some of the things that qualify as an unreimbursed medical expense? Well, an unreimbursed medical expense could include the cost of living in your assisted living community or the cost of long-term care. It could also include uh, health-related insurance premiums, okay? And primarily, that's going to be your Medicare premiums. That that could be $100, $200, $300 a month if you add all that up. The cost of your diabetic supplies, your home care expenses, okay? So you, you could be living still independently in your home and paying for a home care provider to come in to help you a few hours per day or maybe up to 24 hours per day, Okay. It could be the incontinence supply cost, the cost of your medication, your, your prescription drugs, mileage to and from doctor's appointments, dental, optical, et cetera, et cetera. So let's say, real super easy example, your income is $2,500, and you live in assisted living, and that costs you $6,000 per month. Well, you're $2,500 minus unreimbursed medical expense. That's negative $3,500. Well, obviously, that's zero or less, and that would trigger the maximum reimbursement under this program. And coming up next, I am going to share those numbers with you.
2: You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have questions? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right. So we're talking about the VA aid and attendance benefit. It helps veterans and their surviving spouses pay for the high cost of senior care. Uh, I'm going to talk about in just a minute. I'm going to talk about what the program actually pays out per month. The numbers are very, very uh, impressive, I have to say, (laughs) right? And I'll give an example of that. But first, there's one more requirement that we have to discuss. So we talked about a service-related requirement and the financial-related requirement. We talked about those two in the last part of the program. And then the third one is a care-related requirement. So if you're a veteran and you're healthy, and, and which is fantastic, right, and you're living independently at home and everything's great, you can't call up the VA or the VFW or wherever and say, hey, I want some of that aid and attendance money because that you wouldn't qualify for it if you didn't need care, right? So you do have to qualify and you do have to require care. And then in the financial related requirement, you have to actually be receiving care and paying for that care. And then this will help. This will reimburse okay to help uh, cover cover that cost or cover part of the cost anyway all right so the care related requirements you must require assistance with at least two activities of daily living and again if you need if you need any help at all usually you'll need help with at least a couple of these things if you're living in assisted living or you're receiving Uh, Care at home, through a home care provider, you're you're definitely getting help with at least a couple of these, okay? So I have a list of eight activities of daily living. If you're receiving help with at least two of them, then that's going to meet or satisfy that care-related requirement. All right, so first one, bathing. So if you you need a little help with your bathing or your showering, okay, that, that would qualify. Mobility or transferring. So, mobility, so helping you walk from your apartment to the dining room or to and from activities, or again, mobility or transferring. So, transferring, so help from moving from point A to point B, from your bed to your wheelchair, from your bed to your walker, on and off the toilet, in and out of the shower, right? So, bathing and then mobility and transferring. The third one, incontinence. So, it's pretty common. To at least have an occasional accident and be, maybe be wearing uh, one of these pull-up briefs. So to help you with uh, manage your incontinence. Uh, another one, the fourth one, eating. So uh, help you know making your meals and then helping you eat. That's, that's pretty common. Uh, toileting. So using the toilet. Pretty common. Number six, dressing. Getting dressed or undressed at some point you may need a little bit of help with that and again if you if you're receiving that kind of help you're paying someone to help you with the, these things uh, that's going to help get you qualified uh, number 7 medication management i don't know of too too many people who don't need medication management uh, at this point right so you're you're paying for and receiving medication management and then again a meal preparation so you know preparing your meal snacks and hydration etc so if you require assistance with at least two of those activities of daily living two or more then that would meet that third requirement that care related requirement okay so um, I should probably have a little drum roll here <laughs> right so how much does this VA aid and attendance benefit? pay per month. All right, so these are the 2022 rates. For a single veteran, you could receive up to $2,051 per month. And by the way, that's $24,612 per year. That's a big deal. I'm going to give you an example on how big of a deal that is here in just a second. A married veteran can receive up to, and these are the the maximum amounts, which is if you're paying for any kind of care, it's pretty simple to qualify for this. Married veteran can receive up to $2,431 per month. That is a whopping $29,172 per year. That's a big deal. And then what about the surviving spouse? So typically, it can be reversed, but typically what I see from my clients, that you will have a a lady living at home, and she is a widow, and her husband is deceased, but he was a veteran. He served during a period of war, and she's paying for care. She's receiving help with at least two of these ADLs, and she meets all the other requirements. Okay, the surviving spouse can receive up to $1,318 per month, which is $15,816 per year. All right, So those are the 2022 rates, and I believe these rates are increased every December. I do not have the brand new rates. Maybe we'll get Ron back on the show, and he can uh, give us an update and update some of these numbers. All right. So again, right now you can have up liquid assets up to $138,489 and uh, and then these are the and I just gave you the 2022 rates and and that that asset maximum that that's definitely going to bump up. If I had to guess, you know, probably around, you know, 5-6% and uh, all of these monthly reimbursement rates are going to go up as well. All right. So uh it's going to take uh, I've, I've been hearing it is taking around, you know, six to eight months to get a clean application process. But what happens is once you are approved, they'll pay you retroactively back to the date of your application. So you're not out that. So you would, let's say if it took eight months, they're going to take eight times whatever your monthly reimbursement is. So you get this big check and then that monthly check moving forward. So that is uh, that. That's a big deal. All right. Here's an example of, and this is this is pretty common. Let's say you have a veteran with a two thousand dollar per month income, living in an assisted living community costing six thousand dollars, and let's say you're receiving the aid and attendance benefit. I'm going to round that off for easy math here at two thousand dollars. Okay, and then you have liquid assets of about. Hundred thousand dollars. So you're within that that uh, that range. You're you're underneath that hundred thirty eight thousand number. With aid and attendance, your burn rate is two thousand per month. That's what you're going to be short to pay for your assisted living. Your assets will last you four years. That's a big big deal. Without aid and attendance benefit, your burn rate is four thousand dollars a month. And now your assets will pay for your assisted living stay for about two years. So in this really, really common example, you could double your stay in assisted living. If you want information, uh, if you want to learn how to qualify and help qualifying for that, uh, contact our friends at the National VFW Headquarters right here in downtown Kansas City. But this is a national organization, 816-968-1153. That will get you straight in to some help with the aid and attendance benefit. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care
2: Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?